Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. <laughs> that is right. It is time for Movies, Movies, Movies. You're on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Izzy Phillips filling in for Bridie Tanner and I'm joined with the iconic Movies, Movies, Movies team, which I listen to every week. So I'm so excited Us to too. be in the studio <laughs> with you guys talking Movies, Movies and another movie. Good morning, Izzy. Good morning. We've got a really exciting show today. We've got Simon Croker coming in, who's the latest gay Australian director riding the road trip genre to the ground. Would you call this show exciting? I mean, we're reviewing two bummer movies. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. People are hot for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Hot, hot, hot. Well, it it says it in the name. It says what it does on the tin. We went to a 10.30am session yesterday, which was a Sunday, and it was Packed. And it was good. Packed full of big dike energy. Everyone's <laughs> like, do you like matinees? I'm like, matinees are 5 p.m. I'm a 10.30 a.m. girl. Yeah. <laughs> you tell And them. then we're also talking about uh, Michael Bay, spelt with an E's new film, Six Underground, which I think, like, is it six feet underground or is it just six underground? This is Transformer Michael Bay for all y'all out there. Um, yeah. Great. Well, it's going to be a ripper of a show. Stick around. We're talking movies, movies, and some more movies. You're on FA Radio 94.5. Movie news. (laughs) Coucou le monde. We are back talking movie news, and today we've got some Gal Gadot. Gadot? Jen, help me out here. Gadot. Gal Gadot news. Um, Wonder Woman actress is making a new film based on an Israeli book that was banned. It's about a romance between an Israeli woman and a Palestinian man set in New York City. The book was banned in Israel, prompting wide protests. And uh, when I was uh, doing research for this piece of news, I found out that Gal Gadot supports the IDF. So I'll let you guys all think about that. A and what? what was that? Can you say that loud? You said no, under your I'm breath. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it Do louder. Do you say it again? And uh, we are all also excited for Wonder Woman 1984, which trailer dropped a couple of days ago and has a um, is it Eurythmics remix? Weeks, but it was so good. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's anyway, not really news though. So, Gal Gadot's making films. Jen, what's Atticus Ross whining about? Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor have recently pulled a score from a movie called The Woman in the Window, which stars Amy Adams. It's kind of a rear window kind of movie with Jennifer Jason Leigh and Julianne Moore and cancelled actor Gary Oldman. Um, But basically, they did a bunch of screenings for the studio and no one liked the ending, so they recut the ending, reshot the ending, and Trent Isn't it amazing how they do that? Yeah, and Trent said, and they did it, they've done it to so many movies recently. Yeah, like Cats, they're like, oh god, everyone hates it. Okay, let's just go back in and fix it all. I know, I mean, that was never, there's nothing they could do to save that movie. I know. They did it to Annihilation as well, and they did it to Bird Box, which they had previously done a score on, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, famous from Nine Inch Nails and doing all the David Fincher scores. Iconic pulled their score and said, we're not going to put up with this. If you're not going to be artists, you can't hire artists. You're also being polite about it. They were pretty, like... <laughs> yeah, they were like, Bird Box is trash. Why they do were, people like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they basically just, like, dogged these movies, and I thought it was kind of cool, because of obviously was, obviously yeah. a score makes a movie, and a Trent Reznor score makes Capital yeah. M a movie. So for them to shit on that, it's like, wow, you really... I know. It's so nice that they don't need it. But, but I, honestly, I'm still excited for it. If it you notice great. the trend, they're all complaining about Netflix films, so I'm really glad that Netflix is finally getting some shade. Jen before was talking about how mean and bitch I am but honestly Netflix doesn't deserve more power yeah but I do like the um, 
I do like the beautiful risks that the streaming giants are taking while they're at war with each other for mm. cred. You know what I mean? We've got a Netflix review coming up, but first, uh, let's play this thing for two reviews so I can review Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I'm so excited! One! No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews! Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. L'homme intéressé par ma fille est milanais. Nous partons là-bas si le portrait le fait. Jen's asking me to wind it up because it's all in French. <laughs> but I was enjoying it so much. That was a little snippet from Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which famously is a movie in French. And uh, it's it's long and uh, engaging and emotional, so I haven't really got time to give it the full to review treatment that it deserves, so just hop onto the Instagram. But I want to ask you all a couple of questions just to give a bit of a vibe about the film. Have you guys seen Jane Campion? Izzy, I'm looking at you. Yes. Jane Campion, do you like period films? Um, give and take. When when it's period, but it's hot. Do you know you what like- I mean? Because sometimes period can be dry, period, but like wet. You know what I'm saying? No, fully, 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 yeah, fully, yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah. Do you like Call Me By Your Name? Uh, yes. Okay, so this film fully tackles all those little tropes. Uh, Sorry, can I just say, is this a Call Me By Your Name meets period? Is that what you're saying? Okay, this movie it's is... Call Me By Your Name, but if you liked Nanette. But the point uh, okay, of this film, yeah, though, I yeah. think is very obviously a dig at Call Me By Your Name, which is all I'm going to say on air because I just want to, like, bait you guys and bait you with hate. And <laughs> I am baited. it's also a period film that is hella contemporary and, like we were talking about music, has a killer score that literally goes for, what, two and a half minutes? There's no music in this film except for one scene and it's set on an island full of women. So... Weirdly feels like there's Gal Gadot vibes that meets... This whole show is just so well-planned and curated because everything's about everything. It made me think the one thing that I think is a conversation starter after watching this movie is the same as Little Women, where it's like, if you don't have a TV or photographs, how do you describe accents to people? Like, you really have to have that accent. You just have to do it. You be, yeah. Okay, there's no context what this film is about, so let me give a bit of context. (laughs) It's set in the 1700s. It's about a female painter who gets taken to a remote island in Bretagne and she falls in love with her muse. Oh my God, Jen, don't roll your eyes at me. for 10 years. Oh Uh, my God, okay, fine. Well then... It's complex, it's deep. (laughs) We dive back into your reviews. So what we do now is we often give one word reviews, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently I've said too many words, so Jen, I'm going to take it over to you. What's my word? Uh, Post-baccalaureate painter. Whoa. Uh, All hyphenated, as per usual. Music with a Q. Yeah, music in French. Music in French. Can French we get music an umlau the in there, please? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, now we're going to play this thing for Jen's Netflix film, which I am about to drag. <laughs> How's it going over there? You're really ruining my flow right now, you know that. An issue. His movement, man. Whoa. Music, music, music. Oh, it sounds so good and crispy, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of like new flume. Kind of Christopher Nolan meets flume. Oh my god, that's a collab we have to make happen. That's exactly right. Um okay, so where do you even begin? I guess 
The way that I would start with Michael Bay's new film, Six Underground, is to quote Megan Fox on Working for Bay. He wants to be like Hitler on his sets, and he is. So he's a nightmare to work for, but when you get him away from set and he's not in director mode, I kind of really enjoy his personality because he's, he's so awkward, so hopelessly awkward. He has no social skills at all, and it's endearing <laughs> to watch him. And you just imagine this kind of Michael Bay, like, walking around the set of Transformers and now Six Underground, which is about... Ryan Reynolds as, like, a relatable billionaire with, you know, five backpackers who decide they want to, like, help out the world by overthrowing a Middle Eastern dictator. Okay, it's not about that. That just happens in the film. (laughs) That just happens, but mostly it's about, like, splintered glass, chlorine, magnets, people getting ram-raided with forklifts, like, through their stomach, Dave Franco dying, people vomiting and parkouring down Florence and Hong Kong and Afghanistan. It's a really, 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 really dumb movie that thinks it's so smart because it uses the word coup d'etat. And I don't really know how to recommend this to anyone other than, like, if you like um, explainers for movies you haven't seen, like, say you've never watched any Star Wars movies and you watch, like, a 22-minute explainer, that's the audience I think this film is for. Jenny, you're just explaining me right now. It sounds like you're just describing me in a nutshell. Well, I thought you might like this film, but you fell asleep for the whole time. But this had, like, chaotic Andre energy. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I really th- thought the whole time I was watching this, who is Michael Bay and how does this exist? And I, what is this and where did it come from? I think that's an important question. Who is Michael Bay? He's such an enigma. Like, no one knows who he is. Mm. Like, of course, like, everyone knows, but you know nothing and everything at the same time. And his I movies know, are... Like ca- the patriarchy. And his yeah, movies, that's what I'm saying. And his movies are about nothing. So you watch these over-the-top explosion movies and you're like, what is any of this? Is any of this... But I guess maybe that's because they're just stupid. Can people text in alternatives to Michael Bay? Mine is the guy who directed... Uh, the Day After Tomorrow, the gay German guy. What's his name? Who did in Independence Day Resurgence as well. I keep telling you, his like, name is Robert Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> Roland! Roland Emmerich. <laughs> That's him. When we come back after this beautiful break, we're going to be talking to another Michael Bay, BAE, Simon Croker, who has a film in Flickerfest, which is a really cute niche Bondi Pavilion Film Festival. But that's after we play a song. That's it. You're on Movies, Movies, Movies on FA Radio at 94.5. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. That is right. We're on the Sydney Spotlight. You're on FA Radio 94.5 mornings on movies, movies, movies. And we've got a special interview right now. That's right. Everyone welcome Dr. Simon Croker, <laughs> filmmaker who is uh, currently on the lineup for Flickerfest, a cute little niche boutique film festival at Bondi Pavilion with their gorgeous film, All Good Things. Welcome, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. We want to talk about your movie. We watched it last night. It was cute. We loved it. Um, uh, without giving too much away, because it's a short film. Road trip, a uh, mm-hmm. couple that's been together, having to separate. Uh, give us a bit of backstory. Is this autobiographical? It is autobiographical. I went on this road trip with my partner of uh, two or three years. Uh, he moved to Melbourne to study at university, and we just decided to have a 10-day road trip together and then just say goodbye, like a really nice, gentle goodbye, and came back to Sydney. I was in my final year at Afters and thought that it would make a really nice road trip movie. 10 days to get to Melbourne? Yeah. <laughs> we were <laughs> a detour. Yeah. Scenic route. Yeah. Um, and uh, has he seen the film or what does he think? He has actually, I asked his permission before I made it um, and he'd actually written a song about the road trip as well and uh, I've used that now in the end credits of the film. 
I think you're really challenging cliches about gay relationships now because for me this would be a total revenge film. Could you imagine if we made this about each other? Hundred percent. We were watching this film thinking, okay, so if we made a road trip movie about us moving away to go to an arts degree somewhere, it would be completely over the top. Uh, we'd be really supportive, but also really sad. Chime in, Jen. And then Andre was like, Andre was like, real. I don't know what you like to totally lying. You, you said if we made this film, it would be us like, going to do an arts degree and then hitting rock bottom right at the end. And the whole thing just being two years later. Well, what, what's interesting about the film is that uh, throughout, the characters are also making their own mini movie in the movie uh, on a little handy cam. Did Do you I- have the original footage? Did you make a mini movie of the real trip? Uh, we did. We did. Br- I mean, uh, my ex is a photographer and I studied film. And so we were kind of filming each other and kind of creating memories of the trip um, and I was going to put that into it but then that also made no sense uh, to an audience who would have no idea who these people are um, but it's also a DVD extra yeah yeah I'll include that and in the um, on our encore screening somewhere where are our hearts was this hard for you this would have been really emotional if I was doing it or wouldn't it maybe it wouldn't be me I'd just be super cynical about it <laughs> it was I mean I, I hadn't really made many films where I was leading the project before so I was having a breakdown anyway but I think like doing something so personal to me was a really it was great because it meant that I knew exactly what I wanted to do, even though it took took me a while to work out. Like, I knew what I wanted to do because I had a gut feeling, but also it was terrifying because I felt like I owed it to my ex-partner to do a good film and I, I, I kind of, to our relationship, I wanted to kind of uh, give it this, the film that it deserved. Um, it was a really good idea and bad idea at the same time. Yeah. Well, you- this, and there's also this moment where you think they're going to get beaten up because they're holding hands <laughs> in a country town. And then can you can we spoil what happens? Yeah, I mean, well, I think for me, because it was my first relationship, uh, I, I there was something I noticed about holding hands in public um, and how it kind of feels like an act of defiance. And in some areas you can feel like it's you're so comfortable to hold hands with your partner. And then in some areas it doesn't feel, it feels a little bit dangerous. And we did actually go into a pub uh, where we thought we were going to get beaten up. And inside there were all these people playing guitar, singing Hit the Road, Jack. Um, <laughs> Old people and- though, that's the most important part. You walk in, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly what happened, but there's a bunch, like of, gr- so bunch of grannies people. all yeah. playing banjo. <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet. And I guess I just wanted to make a film where the, two leads could feel like they could hold hands the whole time. That, for me, was the most important part of the story, that it did feel really earnest and optimistic and safe and something that felt really normal. And I hope that audiences, when they do watch the film, by the end of it, they do kind of see... Like, it does feel really normal to them. Yeah. Wow. Breakups are normal. Breakups are normal. It's all part of life. It's all part of life. It's all part of the cycle. We live, we die, we love, we hurt. Text in, who's breaking up for New Year's this year? (laughs) Break up on air, please. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Sam, you're here because you're in Flickrfest, Mm -hmm. uh, which is this fabulous festival in Sydney. When can we see this film? Yeah. So we're screening on Monday, the 13th of Jan at 8.45pm. It's in the Best of Australian series number five. I think there's ten of them in that that showing. And um, it's right on Bondi Beach, so you can't have a swim beforehand or after. Totally. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful setting. I'm really excited. Lush. Everyone check it out. Just type in Flickrfest. Do half the work. Just figure it out for yourself where you can go see it. <laughs> I'll also put it up in the page, the link, so you can get it straight That would be away. great. Awesome. That's all we have for Moves 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 today, you guys. Uh, but uh, See you next year. See you next year. So excited for our new Quiz Eve special that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's Movies, Movies, Movies. A uh, bit of a language warning on this one. Here's Miramasa with Deal With It. Deal With It! This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. 
Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts. 